Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Redlands campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Uh, If you are here for the first time, you've uh, picked a good day to come. Uh, Because today is Vision Sunday, and it's an opportunity for all of us to hear about what we believe God's vision for our churches and the plan that He's placed upon our hearts to see that vision become a reality. And uh, this is something that we do at this point every year to begin our ministries and to prepare our leaders, but also just to get on the same page in regards to where we're heading and what we're praying and believing for in 2020. And now I'm praying and believing that God is going to work in our hearts and in our church like never before. And are you with me on that church? Are you with me on that church? Absolutely. That's great. In 2019, we believed that it would be a year of salvation. You know, this time last year, I stood on this very stage and I said, I believe the word God has for us today, or we as the leadership team believe, was the word salvation, and that it would be a year where God, by His grace, would welcome heaps of people into His family by placing their faith in Christ. And in 2019, we saw God do some amazing things. You know, in 2019, we saw God save 81 kids, teens, and adults for the very first time. You know, in 2000, yeah, put your hands together. That's great. You know, in 2009, it doesn't stop there. Because in 2019, we saw God heal people like never before. You know, through the ministry here at Gateway Redlands, we saw God heal people from cancer from infertility, from, vis- uh, from hearing impairment. We saw God heal people with mental illnesses and also addictions. You know, God was at work healing people last year in 2019. You know, last year we saw God call people out of their comfort zones to lead effective ministries and to join life groups, and to also, and I don't want you to underrate how important this is, but God also called people to start new relationships with other people in this church, to not get, you know, caught up in their usual group of friends, but to step out and to make new ones. You know, God was at work in our church last year in 2019, you know, but also, Last year, we saw God continue to provide so that we could open up our care and counseling center upstairs right here at Gateway Redlands. You know, we saw God provide so that we could open a city campus last year, led by Pastor Andrew Circum. And we also saw God provide so we can continue to support our Gateway Beyond workers positioned and located all around the world. You know, in 2019, we believed that it would be a year of salvation, and God, by His grace, was at work. He did some amazing things, and we anticipate more. Once again, can we give God thanks today for His amazing faithfulness and His grace to us as a church? It's 2020, though. 
It's a new year, and we have been praying and seeking God for his vision and plan for our church, not just here in Redlands, but also across all campuses. And this year, we as the leadership team at Gateway strongly believe that the word God has for us is presence. It is presence. You know, as a church, we have been very busy planting campuses and opening care centers and sending people around the world that we really believe this year is a year where God is calling us to not go wider, but instead go deeper. And he's calling us to increase our intimacy with him. He's calling us to go deeper into him. He's calling us to enjoy his presence. And as Jason said about half a dozen times on that video, we believe that even though they may not know it, deep within the heart of every person is a longing for the presence of God. Because deep in the heart of God is a longing to be present with his people. You know, we believe that. And this year, we believe the word for us is simply presence. You know, if you were to open the Bible from the start, you will see a number of times when God chose to presence himself with his people. You know, in the book of Genesis, we read about God who walked in the cool of the night with Adam and Eve and they enjoyed his presence in a very personal and intimate way until they sinned against him and were exiled from his presence. You know, in the book of Exodus, we read about God fulfilling his promise to provide a people and a place where his presence could dwell. You know, skip over a little bit to the book of Psalms, and we read about the songwriters who declared their love and their desire to enjoy God's presence in his holy temple. And then ultimately, we know that God presences himself fully as Emmanuel. You know, God with us, where God became a man, Jesus, and he walked upon this earth And he showed his love to us before eventually dying on a cross so that those who were exiled from the presence of God because of sin could be brought near. They could be drawn close and they could enjoy his presence once again. You know, skip more into the New Testament, into the book of Acts, and we read about Pentecost, this time where God fulfilled his promise to pour his Holy Spirit out upon all people. And we know there that a bunch of faithful people as they waited upon the Lord and sought his face, received the gift and the presence of the Holy Spirit so they would be empowered to be like Christ, to live like Christ and to serve a needy world. And then the church was formed, the early church. Now God chose to presence himself in a community of people who would then be the hands and feet of Jesus in a lost and broken world, who would then take the presence of God into a broken world. That's the church. That's our call. That's our responsibility here at Gateway Redlands. And then ultimately, in the book of Revelation, God reveals his plan to be present with his people for all eternity. Deep within the heart of people is a longing for the presence of God because deep within the heart of God is a longing to be present with his people. That's what God's about. That's his agenda. Presence is the word that he has here for us today. 
If you've got a Bible, I want to read from what would be one of my favorite passages of Scripture. And it's in uh, Exodus chapter 33, and it's the story of Moses asking God to see his glory. And uh, it's an interesting time in the life of Moses. And uh, as you may know, Moses was given the mission to lead Israel out of the, the slavery they experienced in Egypt through the wilderness and into the promised land called Canaan. And uh, remember from last year's series, that's a picture of salvation. You know, God brings people up out of the dry, dusty, and slave-like conditions of sin, and he places them into a land flowing with milk and honey, and for us today, spiritual milk and honey, a land with his covering, his blessing, and his direction. And that was the task that Moses was given, lead Israel out of Egypt and into the promised land. And there's an interesting situation that we read about in Exodus chapter 33. And I'm going to begin reading from verse 12. It will be on the screen if you do not have a Bible. And it goes like this. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, Teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Interesting start from Moses. And then the Lord replied, and here we go. Have a listen to this. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Imagine hearing that from God. I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Uh, where was I? And then Moses said, Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, You cannot see my face, for no one can see me and live. Then the Lord said, There is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. May God add his blessing to that reading this morning. Just quickly, who thought that was a cool passage of scripture? Come on, man. That is cool. You know, not only is there a man who's been given an awesome task of leadership, but we read about a man who is hungry for the presence of God, who knows that he needs the presence of God in order to complete the mission that God gave to him. And in his desire for, for the presence of God, he hears God say, yes, 
I will grant to you your request. And then Moses, how cheeky, right? Not only does he get what he's wanting, he then asks for more. He says, all right, well, now show me your glory. Show me your glory. And the conversation that ensues after that, in my opinion, is worthy of a blockbuster movie. Very, very cool. And I think there's something in this this morning that is going to increase our hunger for the presence of God. And it's also going to help us understand how God presences Himself with us whenever we seek His face, and especially as we do it as a church. There's two very important things that I want to point out before I get into some of the more pragmatic stuff here at Gateway Redlands this morning. And the first thing is this. God positioned Moses to encounter his presence. God positioned Moses to encounter his presence. You know, after Moses asked not only for the presence of God, but to, to see the glory of God, God responds by saying, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. Moses was positioned in a way that allowed him to experience the presence of God. You know, as Jay said in the uh, video not too long ago, you know, we here in the 21st century, we have this tendency of getting busy and achieving and seeking pleasure in inferior things. And as we do those things, you know, we, we at times find ourselves dispositioned from the presence of God. You know, as we take our eyes off Him and as we, you know, neglect to ask God a very simple request, present yourself to me, reveal your presence to me, show me your glory, but then get caught up on busyness, activity, success, the pleasures of this world, slowly we start to disposition ourselves from the presence of God. And, and I believe that when we are dispositioned from His presence, we find ourselves saying things like, I can't feel God. I can't hear His voice. When we know that God does not leave us or forsake us, He is already there. In fact, it is we who disposition ourselves by getting too busy doing, achieving, enjoying, whatever it might be. And not all of those things are bad, but when we are consumed by them, we may find ourselves dispositioned from His presence. You know, this morning, I think it's a reminder for us to not only ask God a very simple but powerful question, reveal yourself to me, let me see your glory, but to also ask God, what position do you want me to assume so that I can experience your power and your glory in my life? I don't know if you've asked that question recently. I know I haven't. I get caught up praying for my family, which is good, praying for you, which is good, I get caught up praying that people would secure that spot in university or maybe that place of employment. You know, I get caught up praying for the health of people. But at times, I realize that I've neglected my prayer and request of experiencing God's presence and seeing His glory. But you know, as we pray those things, 
I wonder if we could spend some time praying that God would show us the position he has for us to experience more of his presence and his glory in our lives. You know, Jace likes his milk crate. He's been harping on about that ever since I've, I've known him. And just to have his back on that, when I've been up at Gateway McKenzie, walking around the property doing this and doing that, I have seen our senior pastor at times next to the lake on his milk crate enjoying the presence of God. For me personally, I enjoy a camping chair down at Thompson's Beach in Victoria Point. That is my position where I ask God to reveal himself to me, where I ask God to show me what it is that he has for me, my family, and also this church. So if you see me sitting on my camping chair down at Thompson's Beach, please don't interrupt me. I'm just kidding. You can come and say hi. You can come and say hi. But that is my position. You know, for others, your position may, may be with others. You hear God's voice as you do community with people. It may be in serving and making coffees for people. Can I get an amen for Adrian Greaves and his team up in here this morning? You know, it may be, it may be when you're diving into the ancient texts and pouring through scripture and, and academic discoveries and, and really challenging the mind. You know, there is a position that we can all assume to, to experience God's presence and to see his glory. Now, my pastoral encouragement for us this morning is to ask God what position he wants us to take so that we can do and experience just that. But not only did God position Moses to encounter his presence, as seen in Exodus 33, but God presences himself in an unexpected way. In an unexpected way. You know, after Moses asked this question, now show me your glory, look at the response of God. He says, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. What on earth does that mean? You know, I'm harping on about asking God to experience His presence and to see His glory, but if the result of seeing His glory is death, I don't know if you'd be up for that, right? What on earth does that mean? Well, it simply means this. Sin cannot withstand holiness in its purest form. Sin cannot withstand holiness in its purest form. So therefore, a sin-impaired humanity, a sin-impaired creation, simply cannot withstand the presence, the majesty, the holiness, and the power of Almighty God. We just can't do it. Like a rushing wind, a powerful storm, or a consuming fire just goes through everything in its path, so does holiness when it's confronted by sin. It just cannot withstand holiness in its purest form. And the purest form of holiness is God himself. Now, some of you might be saying or thinking, well, what about those in Scripture who saw God and lived to tell about it? And there's a whole bunch of examples of that, you know, in the Old Testament, right? Well, scholars would say that that was an experience with Jesus, you know, God presented himself in a way 
that those who saw him and encountered him could handle. And this is what's happening here with Moses. God's like, you know what? You can't see my face and live. You know, I'm going to put you in a cleft of a rock. I'm going to cover your eyes as I pass by. And later in the story, God obviously gives him permission to see his back. Does anyone like back day at the gym? Who's a, yeah, Dino, I knew you would. Who else is a big back day at the gym kind of guy? I don't know, Dino, if your back looks anything like God's, but gee, I'd love to see the back of God. Just that, right? Just that. But this position, this setup, God was doing because he knew that's how Moses would handle and experience the presence of God. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of the fact that God can presence himself in unexpected ways. Now, too often we find ourselves saying, God, reveal yourself to me like this. Reveal yourself to me this way. We want to experience him on our terms. And sometimes when we don't get to experience God this way or like that, what happens? We question our faith. We think God's not active in our life. We think that he has left us. No, 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 no. We just got to remember that God not only positions us to experience his presence, but he also presences himself in whatever way he feels is appropriate in whatever way he thinks we can handle. You know, I love the story of Elijah who was burnt out, suicidal, uh, not in a good position. And you know, in, in, in that time, you would desperately need some mighty revelation from heaven. But how does God come? Still small voice. There was no rushing fire or whatever the situation was. God presents himself in unexpected ways because he has the right and the ability to do so. And when he does so, it's because he knows we can handle that. The presence of God. That's what I learn. And that's what I think when I read this passage of Scripture. So I, so I think that the message for us this morning is to not only be hungry for the presence of God, but to ask God to show us His glory. And as we take the position that He has for us, as we privately practice the presence of God, there will be a public experience of God or an experience of God that the public will be able to see for themselves. Private practice of the experience of God. You know, today is Vision Sunday, and that is the word for us. It is presence. And God wants to be present with you and with me, and he wants us to take his presence into a lost and a broken world. That's, that's the job, that's the commission that he's got upon each and every one of us who place faith in Jesus. That's my role. That's our role, but I desperately need people to help me with that. You know, in 2020, we're going to uh, give you some tools and resources that are going to help you increase a hunger for the presence of God, to practice the presence of God. And I, uh, I have rostered a whole bunch of great preachers on this term as we commence our presence series. And to give you a bit of an idea on what we're going to cover in term one for this particular series, February 9, we're going to look at this idea of increasing our hunger for the presence of God. 
And uh, we're also going to look into this idea of prayer and fasting. And as Kath mentioned before, we're going to call the church to a time of prayer and fasting so that we can see God presence himself in our church and in our community in a big way. We're going to provide some resources that are going to help you do that. Some of you may need to do it in a different way because it's just not physically possible for you. Um, But we are going to look at this idea of increasing our hunger for the presence of God. February 16, we're going to talk about experiencing the presence of God in community. You know, God has presenced himself in each and every one of us and how we can see God in each other, how we can hear God through each other, how can we be encouraged by each other's presence is something that I'm looking forward to preaching on. February 23, we're going to talk about praise and the presence of God, you know, welcoming his presence through praise and worship. And, you know, I must confess, you know, uh, worship in song doesn't come natural to me. I love hip-hop. I'm a rapper. I'm not a rapper. That's a bit of a generous term for myself. I try and rap. I try and rap. You know, I love hip-hop. I'm not a big singer. Um, You know, most of my singing of worship songs is done here with you on a Sunday. However, I am a tragic 80s and 90s Hillsong worship guy. Jeff Bullock, Darlene Check, Russell Frager. All those guys, love them. You know, I loved the Hillsong music up until they took pictures of Australia and nature off the front page and then put the faces of people on the front. That's kind of when it all changed for me. But I'm a tragic 80s and 90s Hillsong lover. And when I get onto my camping chair, mate, I've got a playlist of old Hillsong uh, hits. And I start journaling on my notes app on my iPhone. I have an iPhone because I'm a Christian and um, really just enjoy the presence of God um, in that way. But when we come to meet together on a Sunday, we want to welcome the presence of God through praise and worship. March 1, we're going to be talking about practicing the presence of God. You know, uh, that's, I think, an interesting term, but, you know, it may uh, look different to some. Some may enjoy the ministry will provide on that Sunday. I'm going to bring up a number of different people on stage and uh, you know, talk about how they practice the presence of God. Because in the church of Jesus Christ, there's a, you know, it's like a mixed bag of lollies, right? It's like a mixed bag of lollies, and we can all learn from each other. So that's going to be a great Sunday as well. March 8, our senior pastor, Jason Ellsmore, will be back talking about taking the presence of God to work. March 15, we'll finish off the series, and I'll be talking about bringing the presence of God at home. And can I tell you, I am extremely scared to preach on that. Extremely scared. But uh, it's going to be good. In 2020, I'm believing for this church that we will see 100 salvations, 20 baptisms, 30 kids, teens, and adult life groups, an average attendance of 250 people every Sunday, and 500 people who call this church their home. I'm believing our care and counseling center will provide more hope and healing than ever before. It's only been open for three months, but than ever before. And I'm also believing for our first mission trip as a church 
to another part of our world. And in order to see what I think is a God-given picture for our church and campus become a reality, we desperately need the presence of God. You know, and as I humbly lead this church again for another year, I desperately need the presence of God. And as you get involved in leading ministries or participating in ministries, I believe that you too desperately want and need the presence of God. You know, to lead the way and serve both this campus and community, you know, I want to spend just the next five or so minutes, and I'm going to get you out of here at 11.30 today, but I want to spend the next five or so minutes introducing you to our ministry team here at the church. And these are people that you can go to if you've got questions or feedback. Uh, They are the people who can deal with all your complaints as well. Um, I'm just kidding. There's no complaints around here. Well, not too many. Um, But it just helps for you to know who's who, what they do, and uh, that might help you settle in and find your place a little more here at the church. I firstly want to introduce you this morning to our campus leadership group. And as a part of our strategic plan to launch campuses, the campus pastor, which is me, and who is now serving full-time as your pastor, um, is surrounded by a part-time kids and youth pastor and a part-time worship and creative coordinator in Jesse Bradford. But I'm also supported by the campus leadership group. And uh, they provide support to me as I provide spiritual oversight and direction to this church. And I'm going to call them out right now. And as I do, I ask that, uh, that you would stand and just remain standing. Uh, but the Campus Leadership Group, otherwise known as the CLG, is Carol Cox, Matt Phillips, Grant Paulson, Alter Lubbershane, Phil Hill, and Kim Seymour. And uh, they have graciously offered their time this year uh, to support me in my role as the campus pastor. And I am extremely grateful once again to the CLG and to those of you who are joining the team for the first time as they support me as I provide spiritual oversight and direction. So please love on them encourage them. If you've got questions about our church and the way we're going, any concerns, come and see me, obviously, but these are some people in that team that you can also talk to along the way. Would you please put your hands together for our campus leadership group team? Thank you. You may have a seat. Uh, Also, there was a change in our campus leadership group this year. Uh, uh, Cyril Brown has stepped down uh, from that group, uh, but Kath Talek, who is also here today, or who is here today, has also stepped away from uh, the CLG. They've both done so for various reasons. It's got nothing to do with my white pants. And, um, and today, I just wanted to honor Kath. Uh, Kath, can you just come up here, please? I know you've already been up here, and oh, she, can she get out of there? Is she doing anything motherly that's going to make it hard to come out? I'm sorry, Kath. Sorry, Michael. I'm springing this on Kath. 
But can I just tell you that Kath has been by my side since I first started at Gateway, which is nearly three years ago now. And uh, Kath has been cheering me on. She's been questioning why I do things at times. She's been providing feedback. She's been preaching. She's an amazing leader who leads an organization that trains up leaders from all over Australia. Uh, She is not only a phenomenal preacher, but she's a phenomenal leader. And you don't actually get to see that. And I've been able to benefit from that since, uh, since I started at Gateway and also when we opened this church. And, um, and I didn't want her to just kind of shift roles without me making a big song and dance about it and blessing Cass. She's not going anywhere. She's still going to be preaching. Um, and that's going to be awesome. But Kath, I just wanted to take this opportunity uh, just to say I love you. I really appreciate you. Um, and I thank you so much for what you've done in the CLG for me personally and for us as a church, and I got you up. Actually, no, that's not true. One of my ministry helpers got this, um, but I, I contributed to the process, um, but uh, I really wanted to give it to you just as a small gift to say thank you and bless you. Thank there you, you go. No worries. Can I have a cuddle? Bless you. Cool. This year, I am putting in place at our campus what we call ministry leaders. And uh, we have two ministry leaders that are going to take on some of the responsibility I have to lead and coach our team leaders. And uh, as our church has grown slowly but surely, uh, my time has been in demand. And last year, I really struggled to lead our team leaders as well as I would have liked to. And uh, it really began to impact my ministry uh, as a pastor. One of the things I really believe God calling me to this year is to develop as a leader. So I'm actually involved in uh, Kath's leadership program. And uh, I also believe God is wanting me to go up another level with my preaching. He's wanting me to read more, study more, prepare longer, and uh, just be an absolute blessing through the preaching of the Word today. Um, And to help me really do that, I've brought in ministry leaders that will take on some of my role as leading and coaching team leaders as the team leaders implement ministry. Uh, So today I just want to introduce you very quickly to Norman Ospina and Clive Taylor, wherever you are, if I can just get you guys to stand. Um, They're probably going to deal more with me than anyone else. Um, They will uh, obviously help me communicate to my team leaders, and they will be cheering them on. They will be uh, a sounding board for them. They will be a resource to equip our team leaders to do the ministries that they need to do. Uh, These guys have really been cheering me on and praying for me, and uh, they are going to help me step up my game as being a pastor here at Gateway Redlands. So, Thank you for getting beside me. I really appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedules, Uh, but their giftings, their skill set is going to be suited to the role of ministry leader. Um, So bless you. Thank you. Can we put our hands together for uh, Clive and Norm? And finally this morning, I want to introduce you to our wonderful team of leaders And they are responsible for implementing our vision and plan for leading uh, by leading teams that provide ministry throughout the week and on Sundays. 
And uh, I'm going to call them out one by one. I'm going to speak to it very, very quickly, and then we're going to sing and wrap this thing up and, and uh, head on out. Uh, but firstly, worship and creative coordinator, Jesse Bradford, I can get you to stand, please. Uh, Jesse is always on the hunt for more musicians, singers, tech operators. There is a process for that. So if you think you can sing but you really can't, we'll probably discover that, all right? Um, but if you want to get involved, uh, please go and see Jesse. Please remain standing, my brother. Uh, our welcome team coordinator, Brett Long, who's up the back there in a welcome team shirt. Uh, we also have opportunities for people who want to welcome those into our church. So uh, please see Brett if you would like to be a part of that. Our hospitality and cafe team, the one and only, the almighty, the beautiful Angela Fitters, who is uh, down here, and uh, Adrian Greaves, who is up the back corner. They too are always looking for helpers in the cafe to make coffees, to serve people, um, to make brownies, all that stuff that I seem to want every Sunday morning. Um, so please go and see them. Our kids and youth pastor, Jess Webster, who you met before, but is out there. Our new young adults coordinator for the year, Ashley Nielsen, who's up the back at the welcome desk. He comes up with some great God-given ideas for young adults, and we want to give him an opportunity to do that. Welcome to the team, Ashley. Uh, our life groups coordinator, Kathy Gillum. If I could get you to stand. Yeah, let's clap for Kathy. Not because we love her more than anybody else, but because she does an amazing job connecting people into our church and into our life groups. Um, our pastoral care and connection coordinator, the beautiful Barbara O'Brien, Arnie Barb, who's over there. You know, yeah, go on, put your hands together for Barb too. She does a great job providing for me a weekly list of people who need pastoral care and keeping us up to date with how many people are connected to a life group or to a ministry team in one way or another. She does a great job. Our men's ministry is going to be led by a team, and that team is going to be led by Ross Gillum this morning. Appreciate you carrying the momentum. Oh, we're getting into the habit of clapping. Welcome to the team, Ross. But you've kind of been involved anyway, mate, in different ways. Uh, our Gateway Care Coordinator, Jenny Taylor. Where are you, Jen? She's here. So she's been running now. Yeah, go on, keep going, keep going. It's okay. It's okay. Jen's done a phenomenal job implementing our strategies for providing care to our community. So our on-track program, our coach program, uh, all our counselors and psychologists that operate out of our center, that's on Jenny. And uh, she's doing a wonderful job there uh, as well. Our Gateway Beyond team, Troy and Lauren Small, where are you guys? Can I get you to stand? Thank you. Up the back left-hand corner, Troy's doing fatherly stuff in the parents' room. Uh, so they help keep us informed with what we are doing in regards to Gateway Beyond and the opportunities that are available and the support that we can offer. They are in need of helpers at the barbecue, the monthly barbecue throughout the year. So if you can flip a snag or roll a snag and flip a patty uh, once a month, please see Troy and Lauren because uh, we desperately need people for that. And the whole idea of that is to raise money to send to our Gateway Beyond work. There's a couple more. Uh, our Alpha coordinators, Bob and Helen Stonefield, who run a course that help people. Yep. Feel free to clap them. They run our course that helps people explore faith, ask big questions. And in term two, we are going to invite the entire church 
to be a part of Alpha. I'm going to do it and encourage you to do it. It's a great reminder of what we believe, the core truths of our faith, and how we can be equipped to share our faith with others. So we'll provide more information about that. Uh, so keep an eye out on that. And finally, sports ministry, Dino Ainsworth uh, over here. Yeah, go on, clap him too. Dino is going to be organizing a couple of events throughout the year that we as families can participate in and that we as individuals can actually go to and, um, and just enjoy. So uh, yeah, it's going to, be, uh, going to be awesome. And uh, women's ministry as well is going to be led by Carol Cox. So please uh, thank her. Been doing a wonderful job the last couple of years, a multitask, multi-skilled Carol. She's an absolute blessing to me. This is our ministry team. What I'm going to ask them to do is, after the service, go and hang in the foyer for a little bit. Might even give you guys a sign. And if uh, anyone wants to talk to any of these ministry or these team leaders about their roles and how to get involved, uh, you can do that directly after the service uh, out in the foyer area. Once again, would you please put your hands together for our team leaders. Awesome. Well, that's it. 2020. It's a year where we believe God is wanting us to soak in His presence and to enjoy His glory. You know, deep within the heart of people is a longing to be present with God because deep within the heart of God is a longing, or deep within the heart of people is a longing to be present. No, yeah, with God is a longing to be present with His people. I can tell when I've spoken too much and for too long because I start forgetting words. But that's His heart. Yeah, he wants to be with us. And I pray this year that we would be a church that desperately wants to be in His presence and to enjoy all that He is and all that He offers. Hey, can I get us to stand this morning as we uh, land this service? Now, I'm thinking about Moses. I'm thinking about, you know, the, the need that he knew he had. I'm thinking about the desire that he had to see God's glory. What a bold prayer, yeah? What a bold prayer. But you know, I wonder if today, I wonder if today that's a prayer that some of you in this church need to make for yourselves. Maybe you want to experience more of God's presence. Maybe you want to experience His goodness like never before in your life today. And as we sing, oh, I'm going to get the prayer team to come down the front right now, if I can get you just positioned along here. And today, you know, we just want to pray for you. And uh, I just want to pray that, you know, if you want to experience more of God's presence and more of His glory in your life in 2020, and this place should be flooded with response here this morning probably a very broad thing to ask you to come forward for, right? But if you want to experience more of His presence and more of His goodness today, why don't you just start coming forward right now? Come on, just come out of your seat. Come toward the front. If the front gets jammed and packed, just take one step into the aisle. Maybe come into the uh, row in front of you. You know, I just, well, just come out right now. I'm just going to pray that this year would be a year where you know and experience the presence of God more than ever before. That should be the, the prayer of our hearts today. So just begin to make your way down as we sing. And I'm going to pray for you at the end of that. Man, God wants to presence Himself with us. Why don't we invite His presence into our heart and our life today? Come on, why don't you come down and we're going to have a big prayer time at the front here this morning.
We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.